You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 24. The brothers, they think I don't know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for listening and tuning in wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming over and checking it out. Fantastic episode today. Man, super excited about today's episode. One of the best, if not the best uh, episode that we have done thus far. So you're in for a real treat. And if you're coming back, well, Thanks, as always, for coming on back. If you're enjoying the podcast, man, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe there, write and leave a review. Helps the podcast a ton in the rankings. Helps other youth pastors and youth workers find the podcast. And is honestly just super duper encouraging to me. A bunch of you guys doing that already, and I appreciate it so, so very much. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Jody Livingston. That's J-O-D-Y. And, of course, catch me over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All the links and resources today mentioned in this episode, you can find over at the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode 024. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 024. Also, just to, just to let you know, at the end of the episode, man, I, the guest today is Jeremy Lee, by the way, from parentministry.net. He has a monster freebie for listeners, so you're going to want to stick around for the end to catch that at the very end there. Super cool freebie. Very, very awesome and a great resource for you uh, in regards to your parents, which is the topic that we're talking about today, is how do we help parents and equip parents and encourage parents to leave a legacy of faith? And regardless of where you are in your ministry, how old you are, uh, how long you've been in ministry, your context, some helpful practical stuff for you today, we specifically tackle how do you do this when you are young and don't have kids or aren't a parent yourself, but certainly relevant for everyone in there. Some really good practical, practical stuff. We also talk about his upcoming book, which I'm super excited for, and uh, some pretty pretty neat stuff coming around the corner with that. So you're going to want to for sure head over and check out the show notes and take some notes of your own. Grab the freebie at the end. Again, just a fantastic, fantastic interview uh, today. With Jeremy, I just appreciate him so much and uh, his heart for parents, parent ministry, families, and equipping that. And really, the heart of all that, the root of all that is him, his desire just to see God really show up and work in the lives of students and teens. So great interview today. Before we jump into that, I want to thank today's sponsor, which is audible.com. I've been talking about this for quite some time now. Great resource for you and for listeners of the longer haul. They're offering a free month and free download which uh, is pretty awesome considering that we're youth pastors and we like free stuff, right? So you can choose from any of the 250,000 books they have there. And several of you guys lately have been telling me about some of the books that you're getting and listening. And so please keep doing that. You know, let me know. Shoot shoot me a message on Twitter or shoot me an email. Just let me know what you're reading and how you're enjoying that for sure. And you can grab that free month and free download by going to thelongerhall.com slash audible trial. That's the longerhall.com slash audible 
trial. So super cool resources. Again, great episode today. I'm super excited for you to hear it and listen to it today. And so with all of that said, we'll jump in here to today's interview with Jeremy Lee from parentministry.net. Well, hey, Jeremy, thanks for coming on the show today, man. I, I really appreciate you taking your time uh, to do so. And I'm really excited about our topic today. I think it's really, really important one for not just youth pastors, but for the church as a whole. And uh, youth pastors, I think, serve a really unique role in being able to help parents when it comes to equipping them to leave a legacy of faith. And um, I think every parent feels the responsibility to do that, the pressure to do that, and just may not know what steps to take or feel like culturally maybe uh, we're at a place where they can't do that. So I'm really excited to tackle this, and, and I know the listeners are certainly going to benefit from that. I know you're a youth ministry veteran from way back. You obviously have a heart for parenting and families, huge heart for youth pastors and youth workers. You're a speaker. You're an author now, which is big. That's right. Uh, so beyond that, how about take just a few minutes, introduce yourself to those listening who may not know you, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, first of all, Jody, thanks so much for having me, brother. This is awesome. Um, congrats on your podcast. This is this is really fun to be a part of it. Um, I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. And, you know, what's exciting for me is that your whole theme, the longer haul, uh, it, it really is not a foreign concept to marry that right next to parent ministry. Because just to be honest, when you start to make the shift to take care of parents as well as students, you do position yourself for the longer haul, in my opinion. So. Um, but my name's Jeremy, and you're right. For 20 years, I, w- I served in churches. I actually worked at summer camps and even in some schools. But uh, so my ministry career took a lot of different directions. But uh, about you know, at this point, I, I always get my years wrong, so I'm chronologically <laughs> not correct on this. But somewhere around seven, eight, nine years ago, I really started uh, just to have a shift in my passion. Uh, in the same way a lot of your listeners probably have at some point where you kind of keep hearing uh, at conferences or reading in books or seeing it on blogs or whatever, seeing people talk about this importance of harnessing the spiritual influence of parents, that that parents are the greatest spiritual influence in the life of a teenager. You hear that enough, you start to think, man, uh, this this kind of has to be a little bit more than pizza parties for me. I've got to start <laughs> changing my methods. Uh, and for me, that kind of um, that kind of happened when I had a conversation with a mentor one day, and and he just kind of was at, in full on challenge mode, which is what a good mentor does. And he he just basically said, "Hey, listen," uh, and he and he leaned in before he said it. So that's mm. when you know there's yeah, that's, that's dangerous. And he, he asked me to list for him my top five, my, my five uh, students that have graduated from my ministry and just would be my best example of, of, of some kids who just got it, who, who understood the faith, accepted the faith, and was living out the faith. And um, so, you know, and I'll, Jody, you do that real quick. I mean, just start making, while I'm talking, make your little Hall of Fame and see if, and see if we match on this, okay? All right. So I was putting together my, my list of names, uh, and I said, you know, it wasn't too hard for me to come up with at least the top two or three. And maybe, maybe to bo- round out the bottom five, I might have had to have had a challenge. But uh, then he, he had a follow-up question. 
And the follow-up question was this. He said, how many of those uh, receive spiritual support from home? Uh, which means their their parents shared their faith and encouraged their faith at the very least. And it was, for me, it was all five. And it wasn't just my top five. It was probably my top 30, my top 40, for sure. And by the way, there are awesome examples of amazing teenagers who have zero spiritual support from home, and they just get it and get after it. Of course that can happen. But if you play the percentages, and if you look at the majorities, and you really start to try to take a uh, you know a larger, broader view of your ministry over the long haul. You'll start to see that the highest percentage of teenagers that graduate from your youth ministry and get it are the ones that are receiving spiritual support from home. Okay, so if that is true, and I believed it to be true, then that changes everything. And that is exactly where I ended up, and that's ultimately the genesis point of parentministry.net. And there's more to the story for sure, but um, that's kind of where I started, and that's kind of how I got into this journey. I immediately went back, and like like a mad scientist in the laboratory, I started to uh, decide I'm going to implement, and not just implement, but prioritize parent ministry in my youth ministry. And I'm telling you, it changed everything. So, and that has what has led me here with you today, Jody. <laughs> no, and you're I'm right. Very thankful for it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, you know, I jot down the names here, or just thinking beyond the names, and uh, yeah, in almost every case, you're right. There was a strong family, strong parents behind that. You know, I, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this, I think, but so I started my youth ministry career, if you will. I became a youth pastor at 18, and. Uh, you know, I had no clue what I was doing, and <laughs> but because I was so young, I was kind of forced into a role in a place where I kind of had to partner with parents. I mean, it, I mean to be totally honest, just if for no other reason, I couldn't drive a rental van, um, <laughs> and and I couldn't rent a car. Yeah. So I had to have parents as a part of my ministry, really from from the get go. And I think that really helped me see the value of that early on, although not necessarily, I don't think, there's no way I understood the spiritual significance of what that would mean for us. But then as I transitioned, you know, that first church, I, I was making stuff up. Nobody died. That was good. And uh, I didn't I didn't get fired, although, you know, I probably should have a few times. And, and when we transitioned into our, our second church, um, we came in with the mindset of we, we've got to know and have parents on our team. And so we, we did a few things, I think, right out of the gate there and was really, were really intentional to involve parents there. And that's continued even to where we are now. I mean, out of, I'd say out of all of our youth workers, 95 to 98% of them are parents of teens and students in our youth ministry. And that's been very intentional on our part. We have a parent leadership team that I meet with a few times a year that really serve as an advisory board to us and kind of help guide and steer the ministry. A ton of our decisions that we make, we make with parents and families in mind. We're doing a parents retreat every year in the spring to kind of help equip and challenge and encourage uh, those folks. And that's made all the difference in my ministry. And that really, I mean, you're right. when you When you say there off the beginning, like, that really has allowed me to be able to stay put. 
I, you know, I've earned the right and the trust with those folks, and they've seen the benefit of the ministry in their family. We're not doing everything that I want to yet, and certainly not everything that we could, but uh, it certainly has been a big, big focus for us, and and I, I think it's just such an important topic that is often neglected. And I think, let me ask you this: Do you think a lot of youth pastors? I, I remember so early on in my ministry back in a long time ago, we'll leave it at that. Um, there was, I remember going to a large youth ministry conference and the, from the stage hearing not, not in so many words, but basically that parents were kind of in the way, right? They were kind of the enemy. If they would get out of the way, then we could do our thing. And I think that really has permeated even today in some, some sense, some youth pastors, like, seeing and viewing the the parent as kind of the, well, gosh, if they would just do their job right, it would make mine easier. Do you think that's still present today? Uh, well, definitely back when you and I were starting, that was a, a probably unspoken, I guess, uh, maybe when we got into our circles at ministry conferences and parents weren't listening, we might have found the courage to say it out loud that uh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, parents were uh, probably something to be put up with rather than to partner with. But um, the... Uh, and that's kind of that. That was kind of the mentality, because just to be honest, because parents really didn't offer much back. Um, you know, I'm a '90s youth minister, and we were taught a certain way of doing youth ministry, and I think it has changed dramatically. Just to be honest, especially in the past few decades, for the better. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things about a '90s youth minister is uh, we were we were positioned as the center of the universe of our ministries. Um, every we were in essence quote the Pied Piper. Uh, you know. Um, we were hire pastors, head pastors were hiring dynamic personalities to come in and kind of charm teenagers with amazingly entertaining events. And so, and again, there are elements to that that are still present today. And also there are elements to that that aren't wrong. But from a parent ministry perspective, uh, a dynamic central leader like that, um, basically begins that relationship with what can you do to help me pull this awesome ministry off? Um, and so what is happening is, uh, you know, we've come from putting up with parents, basically seeing them kind of as a source of complaints and frustrations um, to, uh, to now we've made this shift to where we are partnering with parents. We're basically saying, okay, I'm going to swallow my pride a little bit and I'm going to move from being a rock star, which is I'm the center of this ministry, it kind of kind of rallies around my personality, and I'm going to shift to being a tour guide, where I'm going to recognize that uh, the largest percentage of spiritual activity should be happening in the home rather than the church, and the largest amount of spiritual influence should be happening. Uh, with you as the parent rather than me as the rock star minister. So I'm going to step back and I'm going to act as a spiritual matchmaker between the parent and the teenager. And I'm going to create settings where I can bring them together spiritually, set up a beautiful experience like a tour guide, and then do what a tour guide does. You step back and you just watch the experience happen with a smile on your face. And you're really over in the corner, leaning off to the side, looking at, at what has come from the environment that you set up. That is partnering with parents. That's setting up parents 
to succeed. But now I believe we need to make an even an, the next step, which would be because we, we throw that term around. It's, I know it's semantics, but it's still important. We throw that term around partnering with parents. And all that means is, is I recognize I can't do this by myself anymore. I can't throw enough pizza parties to make a large long-term impact in the lives of these teenagers. I have to speak into and partner with the greatest spiritual influence, and that is their parents. But one of the mistakes are, not mistakes, but I think the next advancement of that is for age-graded ministers to find the freedom to not just partner with parents, but also to invest in parents, just the same way we invest in the teenagers, uh, to see them as someone that has a need or someone that has a hurt. I mean, because that's ultimately what ministry is at its core. I'll never forget when I was taught that definition, that ministry is a find a hurt and heal it, find a need and meet it through the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, and, and and therefore, that earns the right to share the gospel and to represent the gospel to someone's heart. That is ministry. That's the heart of ministry. So if we're talking about parent ministry, we're not just talking about um, mining them for their spiritual influence and then now utilizing it to carry out our mission. We're talking about seeing them as folks who have real needs and real hurts and taking time to invest in them. That's the message. That's the bell that I'm ringing with every age-graded children, preschool children and youth minister that I'm around. And just to be quite honest, they're still got the calf at the new gate look when I talk about that. Because, And here's why. Because they're so dang busy. Yeah. They just are. They got Their resources are tapped. They are spending so much time, effort, and energy. We were just talking about your summer, man, and how exhausted you are. Because you're going from thing to thing to thing. And that uh, there's two reasons for that. Your personal expectations of your ministry and your personal goals and leadership, but then also the goals of your, of, of your uh, pa- head pastors or whoever you report to. There's, they've got goals, too, uh, lar- of the larger scope of the church that says, hey, listen, we need you to take care of th- We want when families come to your church— we want those families to leave, and the teenagers are nagging the parents in the car going, hey, that Jody guy was awesome. I, I want to come back to that church because they know if they can get that to happen, family's most likely going to come back because the parents will adjust. And if the teenagers and the kids are happy, cool, we'll, we'll go there. Right. So that's why, that's just to be honest, one of the reasons why children in youth ministry have, have, have had the, the growth spurt that they've had um, over over the last few decades. And again, I'm not bashing that. I'm not saying that's wrong. But just to be honest, the only way we're going to start switching from partnering to investing is when the age-graded ministers themselves see value in it and they begin to speak to their superiors and say, you know what? I want to be able to invest financially and with some of my time in the actual parents themselves. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's it's, it's a worthy goal, and it's worth our time because ministry is not just partnering. It's also investing. No, I totally agree with that. L- okay, let me ask you this question because I know some listening are, are likely thinking this. Let's say you're a young youth pastor. You're not married, no kids, just kind of starting out. How in the world do you tell a parent, hey, I want to equip you and invest in you 
and be taken seriously for yeah. parents. You know what I mean? Because, uh, I mean, so I tell people there are, there are really four events in my life that changed my ministry forever. One was getting married. Um, the second was having kids. That was a huge, huge moment uh, for me. Turning 30 was a huge, I, I think that I was looking forward to turning 30 because I was tired of being called like that kid, right? Yeah. And sure. so for some reason, when I hit 30, like a, a, a switch flipped. And now all of a sudden I was seen as an adult. Um, and, you know, those moments, all of those, all, all, all three of those directly related to how parents viewed me as a youth pastor. And those were huge hurdles to overcome. So what would you say to a really young youth pastor who's trying to invest in parents? Well, I would talk to him about perception because the, um, and, and that's really what was going on with you. Nothing happened. Nothing really changed when you went from 29 to 30. When you, when you went to bed as 29 and you woke up as 30, nothing really changed for you. But what did change was the uh, people's perception. So when a parent would ask, so how old are you, Jody? And you said 30, they'd be like, okay, he can take care of my kids. He, he's, not, he's not a young punk. Um, if you would have said 29, they would have had a raised eyebrow and said, mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. He's in his twenties. So who knows? He might still be crazy. Uh, is he actually responsible? Um, because ultimately this is what a parent is thinking at all times. Are you responsible enough to take care of my kid? Even when they're teenagers, are you, are you able to have fun with them? But at the same time, keep them safe and make responsible decisions as if you were me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and here's one of the things that happened to me when I had kids, I ended up literally every night when I would, cause I was at a really large church and I would take hundreds of kids to an event. Uh, and anytime we went to an overnight event, Jody, I, this is just vulnerability here a little bit. I would lay in the fetal position the first night because now that I had kids and I understood what it was like to let someone have my kids and me not be there. Uh, the amount of trust it took to do that, that now hundreds of parents have done that and they've given that trust ultimately to me. Mm. Um, and, and then to realize there is no human, uh, it's not humanly possible for me to protect all hundreds of those kids the way I would want my child protected. That was, uh, that, that was a high, high pressure. Um, that was a high, high pressure. And, and so perception is so important. And, and this is what I, I, I would say if I were in right in front of a young minister, having coffee with them, chatting about this, this is what I would say. I would say, you don't, first of all, this is what I say. You don't have to be an expert. You don't. Yes. Yeah. We so we all think, we all think that we're in order to address parents, we have to have a PhD and we have to have raised seven teenagers ourselves for them to ever take us seriously, and that that's more of a partnering mentality. But when you take an investing mentality and you just simply pour into them, you'll find that they would rather have an encourager than an expert. Um, and if, um, if you just see the parents as not an obstacle to move past or a source of complaints to address and to navigate, if you see them as a person who is go, who, who by the way is parenting through a stage that is not easy, that is that usually leaves them feeling very insecure, very discouraged, and a lot of the times extremely frustrated. And if you can just really start to see them 
for who they really are, you'll see the, the same thing that attracts you to ministering to teenagers. You'll have that same uh, push inside to invest and to attack the hurt and the pains and the frustrations of those parents. And when you do that, perception changes. I might look at you like a young punk who doesn't have kids and doesn't know what you're talking about, but when you sit and you care enough about me to ask me, and when you come to me and say, hey, um, I've been praying for you. Is there anything? I mean, I just, you matter to me, and I'm, I'm, I don't, you're right, I don't know anything about this, but I care about you. Is there one, is there one thing that you could tell me that I could pray for you about? Or, and just, to just and to just notice people to care about people way better than being an expert. So and you don't it, there's no requirements for that. <sighs> one of uh, one of my favorite ministers right now. I'm thinking of, of him in my head. I'll just say his name, Justin Herman. I mean, a lot of folks may know him. He's he's pretty active online. <sighs> he's married with a baby now, but for a long time, when he was just newly married, no baby. He was, he was all over parent ministry, and the parents love him for it just because he paid attention to them. He cared about them. And if you look at Justin, he's all tatted up. He's, he's uh, you know, he talks like the guy from The Godfather with some kind of weird <laughs> Italian accent. And, you know, just to be honest, if I'm, if I'm looking at him and I'm a parent, I'm like, dude, no way am I letting this guy have my kid. But he attacked that with just just sheer attention and care and love. And his parents are just the parents in his ministry. were just going goo goo over it. So I would say that. And then secondly, um, I, I would, I would say that perception has a lot to do with your attention to the details of safety. Yes. Uh, we, we, we really ignore this so much. The preschool ministers don't, they know that they're out of business if they don't pay attention to that quickly. Um, but when they become teenagers, we as youth ministers start to get really, really lazy in that area. And you win so many points with a parent when when you start your camp meeting by saying this, hey, guys, we're riding in a bus to camp. <clears throat> I want to talk to you for a second about who's going to be driving your kids. These are licensed and bonded drivers. Here is what I did to make sure that these people were trained and that the buses were maintained. Um, and then also I want to talk to you about the lodging. I, I went there myself to the cabin and I, I was looking for a lot of things, but one of the things I was making sure was, um, are there a lot of hidden angles where people can hide and, and do crazy things, you know, or is it an open environment where, uh, you know, everybody kind of can watch each other and, and, and it's a little bit more safe. And I just want to let you know, it's an open environment. And, so th- what that means is I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of confidence in in our lodging area. Hey, by the way, just to let you guys know, we are bringing a, a camp uh, medical person where they are a camp nurse that, and they're going to take the medicine and and I just want you to know I'm not giving them any other task but to watch over the medicine and to be available to anybody who is hurt. Um, and and uh, by the way, I'm also at camp, I'm bringing what I'm calling the security guard because sometimes teenagers are teenagers and they run around at night <coughs> when they're not supposed to. And I don't want that. And I know you don't want that. So what I'm going to do is I'm bringing a guy or a girl who uh, is going to stay up all night. They'll sleep during the day and they'll stay up at night. And by the way, I'm bringing somebody who's not a jerk that's going to yell at your kids and make their experience <laughs> horrible. But I am going to bring somebody who's real attentive to safety because that matters to me. It matters to them. And I know it matters to you. And I can keep going. 
There are a thousand different things you can bring out. And when you start to speak that way and you start to care for their kids in the same way they do, you talk about the longer haul. I I just want to see somebody try to fire a minister who pays attention to that. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, um, because the parents will go because they know if you that if you get fired, somebody's gonna follow up. That's a knucklehead because they've seen the knucklehead youth ministers, and they and they're like, no, no, this guy or this girl, they pay attention to my kids' well-being physically and spiritually. They care, and I'm not gonna let go of that. So, um, uh, final thing I would tell you about this um, is that you are an expert at something. Even if you don't have a kid and even if you're not married, you're an expert at something. And that is you spend uh, as more time around teenagers than the average parent does. You just do. Um, you're around all kinds of teenagers, all kinds of families, all kinds of situations. So I would appeal to your perspective. Now, I wouldn't throw it in their face, but I would just simply say, hey, I've never parented a teenager. That is so true. Uh, and oh, man, I, I, but what I see is that it's hard because when I I spend my time with teenagers and I know their culture, I know how they talk, I know what they're watching, I know what they're listening to, I know what they're struggling with. And by the way, I'm listening to them when they're not with you. So I hear some stuff that they're probably not going to tell you. Uh, and so parents, um, I have a lot to offer from that perspective, and I would like to be a resource to you. Yeah. Holy I, I used to – smokes. I used to laugh and and I've said this before, like, you know, I was an expert at marriage until I got married and yeah. I was an expert at parenting until I became one. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I think, I think sometimes that's so good. Like you don't have to be the expert. Don't try to be because I ran. So for a long time I was bivocational and I was a teen director at a pretty large nonprofit. And I ran as part of that responsibility was running a lot of camps and after school programs. And as you know, we would, intentionally train our staff. Look, there are two times your parents are going to see our camps and our after schools, and they're going to make their entire judgment about whether they're going to send their kids here again the next day based on those. And that's drop off and pick up. You can screw up the whole day in between, but if (laughs) you don't, if you don't do well when they're dropping off, if their parents don't feel their kid is safe when they're dropping off and things don't look organized and you don't have your act together or when they're picking up, you've lost it. You've lost it. And I think the same is true for us in student ministry. And it doesn't, it doesn't really take a lot of effort. It just takes some planning and some forethought on that. And, uh, you know, we, we never, we never take students someplace that we don't go ahead and see, even like our mission trips. I'll, I'll go down ahead of time or go at wherever we are. You know, generally speaking, I'm, I'm there seeing it, looking at it, meeting with folks that we're going to work with, talk with folks. And, that I can come back and answer questions in that parents have, and I'm not just making stuff up. That goes a long way. And I think, too, as a young youth pastor, you have an opportunity to use that to your advantage, your youth to your advantage, and say, you're right, I'm not, look, I'm not a parent, or I'm not a parent of a teen, and that's why I need you in my ministry, right? I, I need, we need each other here, and I want to encourage and pray for and equip and help you in every way I can but I, I need you to be a part of our ministry. And um, I, I think it, I don't, at the end of the day, I had somebody tell me when I was really young, like, hey, listen, uh, the calling that God's placed on your life to serve these kids, to serve these families, to serve this church, that that is a calling that God has given you. And he will equip you to carry out that task. And, and nobody 
Nobody can change that. You know, that you don't have to be the expert. God didn't put you here because you knew everything. He put you here because you're usable and teachable. And I think if for a young youth pastor, you got to remember that. Like your, your ability to carry out your ministry to those parents and families is not found in being a parent. Because I know a lot of youth pastors who are parents of, of teenagers who are lousy youth pastors. And, you know, so just love on folks. That's so good, man. Thanks for that. And here's another, you talk about the drop-off. When I started to really focus on parents, you know who I started to take some cues from was the the school system Um, because they are way more accountable to parents than we are. Let's be honest. I mean, they have to deal with uh, the parents. If if a teacher in a school messes up, the parents are all over you. So they have to really think about and make great impressions with parents. Okay, at my kid's school, when I drop off, guess where the principal is? He is right there on the sidewalk, opening the car door, saying, and calling my kids by their first name. Good morning, Campbell. Good morning, Hudson. And where is he during drop-off? He is sitting right there with his little walkie-talkie, probably talking about the football game with the security guard. But (laughs) he looks like he's saying really important things. And so he recognizes the perception of the drop-off and the pickup. Where are 97% of youth ministers during drop-off and pickup? Where are they? They're at the sound booth making sure their, 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 their slides for their talk are set up correctly. Or they're out there um, messing around with the teenagers, which is an awesome thing. But I would say this. You're about to, in your weekly programming, you're about to spend all the time in the world with the teenagers. Yep. You could take the 15 minutes before and the 15 minutes after and get out there and be with the parents. Yeah. Of course, you want to delegate, uh, you know, volunteers, interns, associates, whoever, to be in there with the kids while you're out there. But drop off and pick up. That was so smart that you said that, Jody, because that is so real. And I'll also never forget when a parent came up to me, uh, Michael Stender. I remember this like yesterday because his sons were extremely involved in the baseball program. And I really, he was one of my few original key leaders in the parent ministry that I was putting together, key volunteers. And he came up to me and said, Jeremy, he goes, I don't understand this. As I've been thinking about parent ministry, he said, um, I'm a part of my son's baseball team. And to play baseball in high school, I get a letter of requirements. Like, I have to pay a little over $1,000 in all kinds of equipment and fees and all this stuff. He said, I have to work in the concession stand. I'm required to sell car wash tickets. I mean, I have all these requirements. He goes, when a kid comes to be a part of your program, you don't ask them to do anything. Wow. He said, that doesn't make sense to me. How come? Because baseball is way less important than my kid's faith. So why? Why why is that? And that just started to get at me. You know, I certainly wasn't going to go ask for a thousand dollars and <laughs> well, you could <laughs> and require parents to do stuff, but it also, it, it speaks to the partnering element, you know, to, to be able to say to a parent, Hey, in court, in, you know, in order for your kid to be a part of this awesome program, he's going to get all of this, but I just need this one or two things from you. Yeah, that's good. School, the school system really hasn't figured out. Watch the way they – and here's here's another thing, Jody, that I think <clears throat> if a minister did this, maybe if they're in a really large setting, it might they might have to leverage volunteers for this. But I'm going to tell you something, and I've been thinking about that. I'm, I'm going to put out some content on this soon. 
but schools do parent teacher conferences. Mm-hmm. Think about if we utilize that uh, strategy in our ministries. I, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, this is a no brainer to have a parent. <coughs> sorry. To have a parent. <laughs> Woo, that I got something in my throat. Dying, man. Yeah. I guess you're so uh, old now. I'm it's been so youth ministry old. since the 90s, man. I just cough like an old man. Um, <laughs> it's all those lock-ins so, from the 90s are killing you. The uh, <laughs> so, uh, but to call in some parents and say, "Hey, I'd like to schedule a meeting with you and discuss your kids' spiritual progress over the year." Yeah, that's whoa. Good. I mean, whoa! If you're listening to this podcast right now. Send me a thank you card and do that. <laughs> but I'm telling you that. Yeah, no, you're right, man. You're right. And I'm going to speak real directly to the people who have 20, 30, 40, 50 students. <clears throat> you you should be doing this yesterday, and it should be you that's doing it. And yes, is it going to take a lot of time? Absolutely. But that goes back to that previous discussion of plan a few less pizza parties and take time to do this because this you know, to to call in some parents and discuss the spiritual progress of their kid in a more parent-teacher type form conference for, format, where you've got some notes prepared and you're and you know if you've ever said and if you don't have kids, talk to a teacher about what they do at a parent-teacher conference and learn because I'm gonna tell you, it's 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 we do two a year at my school. It's two of my favorite times at, at of the school year, and you better believe as a parent who cares about my kid's education, I'm coming prepared. Oh yeah. And uh, you're going to identify. Here's you're going to identify what kind of parents do I have? Do I have a parent who shares faith but is scared to kind of invest in their kids spiritually? They don't really know how, so they kind of avoid it. Do I have a kid who shares faith, or a parent who shares faith, but and they are highly motivated? They just need encouragement and the right tools and and all of that. Or do I have a parent who doesn't share faith and is hesitant, or doesn't share faith and is happy for you to do it? Or, or whatever. So you can not, not just diagnose the student, you can start to diagnose the parent and take notes on that. That's And um, the ability to gather information, the ability to make progress. I mean, what if you did it in a parent-teacher type setting where the mom or dad doesn't share your faith and you basically say something to the effect of, well, hey, you know, it's such an honor that you allow Billy to come here. Um, you know, and, and, you know, here's, here's what I see going on in Billy spiritually. What do you think about him coming to church? Because you, you, you know that they don't come, you see that they don't come. So, uh, you know, and then they, they have a chance to kind of voice that. Well, you know, we, we're just happy Billy's got a positive place to hang out and all that, blah, 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 blah. Then you say, well, I just, you know, it met your, uh, your Billy is your kid. So, I know he matters to you, but I just want to take a few minutes to tell you how much he matters to me, and uh, and just and although I know you know you're you're not as into this, I still would like to tell you what we're teaching, Billy, so you kind of understand it, and you and you can ask any questions you want. My goodness, what an awesome thing um, to to do! Yeah, so. oh yeah, I love it, man. Are there okay? So we talk about passing this legacy on. Are there are there some things? And I know you got a book coming out on that. Uh, for sure, parentministry.net, huge in equipping uh, and helping youth pastors who don't really have those resources or the time or know kind of where to start. Man, it's so good. Are there some just principles you would give or some steps that you would give, some some helps 
So how, how do we do that? How do we encourage and equip parents to be able to feel confident in doing this? And I know that's a big question. So maybe the Cliff Notes version for the sake of you. And then, uh, and then people can go write the, write the, read and go buy the book. Uh, basically, what I just heard is that I don't think you want me to talk a lot. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just trying to be mindful of your time, man. We'll stay here all day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so what we're talking about is is just approaching the the parents. Well, I, you know, step one is for sure identifying what kind of parent we're dealing with, and I just I just kind of quickly buzz through the three types of parents that you're gonna. Uh, face in a or or get to not face like they're like they're velociraptors from Jurassic Park <laughs> or something. The the three types of parents that you're gonna get to interact with in your ministry. Uh, and I'll just go through them real quickly. One of them is uh, they don't share their kids' faith. They're allowing their kids to come to your program, but they don't share their faith. Um, and for them, parent ministry looks like outreach ministry. It's it's basically we're going to build a connection with your student and love your student so well that it piques your interest about the gospel, and then we're going to care enough about you to start to talk to you about the, the parenting pains you're dealing with as a way uh, and a bridge towards the gospel. Yeah. Um, and then second, uh, there are the parents who do share faith, but there's an intimidation factor. I mean, here's the thing. It, you know, and I talk to parents about this all the time. It's easy to invest in your kid academically. It really is. Get them in a really good school. Help them with their homework. Hire a tutor when they're struggling. There's there's systems in place, concrete systems to follow. And really, just to be honest, every parent in the world uh, has is that it's got a similar struggle with that on the academic level. So they are all we have a real clear process developed for that. Um, athletically, same thing. So many parents uh, are uh, actively involved. If your kid wants to be uh, the next athletic superstar. They have all the opportunity in the world, and it's real easy and spelled out to help them develop athletically. Hire a coach, get them in a good league, get private lessons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um, so, but your kid is made up of mind, academics, body, athletics, but they're also made up of a soul. And that is where things get murky. Things are more abstract. And just to be honest, the vast majority of parents that you're going to start to invest in, they are working out their own faith. And so how in the world could they find the courage to speak to their kids about matters of faith when they're still trying to figure it out themselves? And that's, for me, in the churches that I served, that was the largest group of parents. So I had to find a way to to, uh, teach and inspire, and and both at the same time, and then the final group is those that share faith, and they're highly motivated. They aren't scared. They're not. An, there's not really an intimidation. They just just give them the right tools, point them in the right direction. And by the way, those are your leaders. Those are the people. That's how you really attack the second group is by going to that third group and saying, "Hey, will you help me come back and inspire and invest in these other folks who who basically their biggest struggle to passing down faith to their kids is fear. They're afraid." Can you help me fight that fear? Um, so I, I think step one is to know what kind of parent you're dealing with, because just to be honest, each one of those parents have a di- there's a different approach to each one. Um, and then secondly, uh, and this was a mistake I made early on, and these are adjustments I've had to make, is um, don't expect don't expect too much 
Um, and, and some of the, this, I might get pushback from some of this, but I'm going to try to explain myself out of that pushback. Because, you know, if, if I'm listening to that, I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. We're going to water <laughs> it down, water it down, water it down. We love to use that phrase, water it down. Um, so, but, but this is what, uh, this is, guess what I'm trying to say. When you have some, uh, one who, you know, I'm going to really just kind of talk about that second group, the kind of the scared and intimidated group. When you have one that someone that is scared and intimidated and doesn't really know where to begin, you don't throw at them a complicated, uh, time demanding system of how to accomplish a task. Uh, let's put it this way. I'm not a small guy, right? So uh, let's say I want to go and get on an exercise plan and, and become a little bit smaller. So uh, um, I go to meet with someone, and that person just slaps a plan in front of me where I am gnawing on tree bark and working out seven hours a day. I am bolting, right? So, But if he says, hey, come today, and let's spend 20 minutes walking on the treadmill and stop eating cake. You know, okay, <laughs> I I can move forward a little bit with that. I'm not as scared to take a step one. So I think one of the things that we, we can do for parents is create experiences for them where they can get, they can whet their appetite with spiritual leadership, where they can get a quick win in the lives of their kids and they can really get to see what it feels like to do uh, to lead the way God designed them to lead, which is to uh, lead their kids spiritually and pass down faith. That's His blueprint from the beginning. So, the uh, that I would say focus on and and I my best way to describe this and I've already mentioned it earlier is think of yourself like a spiritual matchmaker. Uh, find ways where you can set up an experience where parents can lead their kids spiritually. And it's not incredibly scary and intimidating for the parent, but it's powerful and effective for the teenager. Uh, that's where the Rites of Passage experience comes in. That's what the book is about. Uh, the book is called Pass It On. Um, and also at parentministry.net, the site that I started, uh, I guess, four years ago now, uh, we basically have given videos and resources and everything a church needs. And we tell them that they can put take our name off of it, put their name on it. Youth ministers love that junk. Because that means they can get all the credit for it from their senior <laughs> pastor, and I'm happy about that. As a former, like I really don't care if they ever even know about Paramistry.net. Uh, put your name and brand all over it. Um, but uh, so they have all these resources to give. But basically, we kind of mined that down into a book, so that now um, you know we have it online. But also, ministers can buy a book. Um, and the book basically is a few chapters that talks about spiritual leadership, kind of defines for parents uh, why that is uh, important and, and basically tells them not to be scared of it, but rise to it. It's not anything to be afraid of. And we're going to just start out with these small little steps. One thing that you can do each year to lead your kids spiritually, let's just start there. And then the rest of the book goes from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade and gives a rite of passage that they can lead their kid to a spiritual rite of passage. They can lead their kid through every year um, from kindergarten through 12th grade. It's meant to be a reference book for parents. It's it's like a what to expect when you're expecting for spiritual <laughs> oh growth. That um, book. That yeah. book. Oh, man. But uh, so um, we just got back our first round of endorsements for the book, which was humbling and awesome. And, you know, by the way, 
when you see a picture of me and you and you hear me and you're around me, you're going to say, "Why is this doof is getting a book?" Well, let me tell you the key to that. Get something. Get somebody who's written like forty kajillion books to and just annoy them long enough till they say <laughs> yes. And uh, that's what happened to me, Doctor Jim Burns. Who, if you don't know who that guy is, you get off this podcast and start googling him. No offense, Jody, but that no, dude no is joke. awesome. Oh yeah. He's like the Yoda. I mean, we talk about the history of youth ministry with him, and he he remembers it because he's <laughs> he's been around he's been around forty or fifty years. Which, just to be honest, is kind of the lifespan of of uh, youth ministry. Um, and so, he, literally, he remembers it. And so, um, uh, that he is so full of wisdom. And he's come in, and he's just brought his taste to this process. His he brought his layer of insight that I would never have. He's raised, <clears throat> I think, four teenage daughters. So he, uh, uh, I hope I'm not, I hope I didn't just screw up his family. I'm going to have to Google that and make sure. But um, <laughs> he's raised a bunch of daughters. I've met some of them <clears throat> and they're awesome. So he has some experience that I don't have. Um, and so he, uh, he brings that to the book and it's just, it's an awesome, in my opinion, it's an awesome book. So these first round of endorsements came of all of Jim's friends because Jim just basically says, we endorse my book and everybody says, yes, you know? So, uh, but the, this is what they said that meant a lot to me is they um, about two or three of them said uh, this is a book that parents should keep on their lower shelf. Mm. That means a lot to me because I think uh, basically what they're saying is I think you're going to refer back to this book over and over because it's got that annual rite of passage. And that's the kind of book we wanted to create. It's a great resource for parents. Um, and uh, pretty soon, uh, Jody, I don't know, but I, it probably not by the time you put this podcast out, but people can pay attention and sign up for our email list at parentministry.net. We'll be broadcasting it. Trust me. I like to broadcast stuff. So you'll hear, um, but, um, uh, I'm, I'm the publisher has given me permission before we launch to be able to give the book away free to ministers. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Now, I don't want to sound like a used car salesman, so let me be honest about this part. Uh, you're, you will have to pay like a shipping and handling fee. What that means is, and, and this is basically what I'm trying to say, you you would pay something like seven or eight bucks. But here's what that does. That, cost, that pays for the actual print of the book and the cost of me getting it to you. Basically, I don't want to lose money to get you that book. Sure. But I also don't want to make any money. I'm just trying to get it to you. Because I believe that if I can get it in your hands, you'll order ten more for the parents in your ministry, um, and I hope that I hope that's the case. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Uh, and I'm willing. To, and I, I basically uh, begged and pleaded my publisher, and they said, "Sure, let's do that." So we're we're going to do it. No, I'm so excited for the book. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about it, you know, in the last month or so, and I just think it's such a helpful resource. And not, I mean, look, as a, you talk about quick wins, anytime a youth pastor can give something to parents that is a really tangible, easy resource to help them parent and raise their kids spiritually, that is an easy win for you as a youth pastor. And so I, I think this is a huge resource, along with everything at parentministry.net. And I'm a huge fan of what you're doing and how you're equipping youth pastors and helping parents and encouraging them. And highly, highly encourage everybody to go check that out. Like, it's just, it's just so good and so practical and, uh, and really, really, really helpful for sure. So I hope everybody will check that out. And you have a podcast that you podcast on occasionally, right? Absolutely. I have, uh, 
taken a sabbatical from my podcast over the summer, but actually just actual today is my first recording day. We're coming back next Tuesday. And uh, yeah, Parent Ministry Podcast, it's for it's for all age-graded ministers, and we just and I interview really, really smart people. I, I started the podcast out of just it was purely selfish, man. Just <laughs> because because here's the deal: really smart, famous uh, family ministry people they don't want to call and just chat with me. But if I record it, yeah, and send it out to four thousand people per episode, then hey, they're going to love talking to me. So that's the only way I can get folks to pay attention. So the podcast was selfish. I love the podcast. Um, it's, it's pretty fun and pretty great. Hey, um, speaking of free, I want to, I want to give something that's actually free to your listeners. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You told, you told me I'd have the chance to do that. Um, uh, parentministry.net forward slash passing down faith. Parentministry.net forward slash passing down faith. We have there for your listeners um, a video series that we filmed, um, and I actually I absolutely love this video series. Uh, um, it is I'm, I'm pulling it up right now as we speak to make sh- for number one make sure the link works. I should have done that before. Yes, it does. Okay, session number one, session number two, three. Okay, it's four sessions. So when we when we created this resource, when we filmed it, we worked with a guy named Brian Hausman, who, by the way, is an awesome speaker to bring to your church. Um, he does parent seminars every weekend. He wrote Tech Savvy Parenting, really great guy. Um, but we partnered with him, and he he has been working on some content that talks specifically about the actual spiritual relationship between a teenager and their parent. So... Uh, Basically, how do you talk about God type stuff with your with your teenager? Mm. Well, well, this is a four part video series, and we did it basically around ten minutes per. Uh, you know, the first one's eight minutes. They're all about eight minutes. They're about eight minutes. Uh, so, but they're meant to be. If you're in a room with parents, you show this eight minute video and let it spur some discussion, and then you jump in and finish the discussion. It's a really cool resource. I mean, if I were selling this resource to somebody, I would value it somewhere between thirty and forty dollars, maybe even fifty bucks, because I mean, of the amount of production value put into it. So, but for me and my house, we're giving it to your listeners for free today, and there's not even a password. Just go to that link, share it with everybody, tell the world. I don't care. <laughs> Shout it from the rooftop. That's awesome, dude. Thank you so much for for doing that and for coming on, man. I I appreciate. It. I've got a ton of notes here. Uh, from us seems like I say that every episode, but I'm a note taker, so maybe that's why. Um, if folks want to connect with you more, I mean, obviously, parentministry.net, they can check out the podcast. They can be on the lookout for for books. Can they? Can they? Where else can they find you online and connect? Uh, bigstud.com. I'm just kidding. Don't look that up. I don't even know what, what happened. <laughs> that would probably be bad. I know. Just as soon as I said that, I was like, Jeremy, that was dumb. <laughs> Do you, do you edit your podcast? If you should edit that out, I'm not. Um, I'm gonna leave that there, man. Yeah, gum it. Uh, uh, what a friend! What a friend. Okay. <laughs> so, um, at of course on Twitter at Parent Ministry on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Parent Ministry and all that stuff. If you just go to ParentMinistry.net, you can find me there. But if you want to email me, which would be awesome, you can email info at ParentMinistry.net. I N F O, and that will end up at me eventually. Sweet. Thanks, man. I appreciate it again. And just thanks for all you do. And I, I so appreciate your heart for parents and parent ministry and families. And I know 
man, every youth pastor can certainly benefit from the stuff you're doing. And uh, I think this episode is super helpful. It has been for me really encouraging. And uh, man, I'm just grateful. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. This was fun. Cool, man. Well, we'll catch you later. And there you go. A uh, man, just a great interview. Jeremy's such a great guy and really has a huge, huge heart for just parents, parent ministry there. And I think you can hear that. I hope you can hear that in the interview, just his desire to really encourage and equip youth pastors and youth ministries to be more effective at uh, equipping parents. And I think we all recognize the importance of parents and the importance that they play in the lives and the role they play in the lives of their uh, their kids. And so just some super duper good stuff. And again, go grab that freebie there for you. There'll be a link for that in the show notes at thelongerhall.com slash episode 024. So you want to head over there and check that out. Be on the lookout for his book, especially as it comes out, launches here in the next couple months. Just a great, great, great resource. And you can jump on there, man. Take advantage of that uh, that offer to get the free, free plus shipping book. Uh, I think it'll be a helpful resource for you, certainly, and definitely one for the parents in your ministry. I just appreciate his willingness to get that into the hands of youth pastors and just his honesty in that. So, so good. So, so good. So check out parentministry.net for sure. Check out his podcast, Parent Ministry Podcast as well. And uh, head over to the show notes to grab the link for that freebie there that he's given out and given to you. What a great resource for you on there. So with all that said, that'll wrap us up and do it for today. And so we'll see you in the next episode. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com. 